If you feel it, you know it. D Rock Production. Sports Talk with D Rock. What's up, people? It's another episode of STWD, and today we're going live. It's me and my boy Real Talk Ricks. I got him on the phone, and you got me right here in your face on the camera. So if you got any questions or anything like that, you can always make a comment, and we can respond. If you want to join live, that's cool, too. So, hey, hopefully people out here looking and listening, hopefully we get some views. Who knows? But, hey, first we're going to go ahead and get into these NFL predictions. We're going to try to run through all this stuff because, you know, we got this Dallas game coming up. Uh, them and the Buccaneers to kick off the NFL today on this Thursday night. And say, Ricks, who you got first uh, between the Buccaneers and, and Cowboys? Who you got winning, bro? Believe it or not, it's kind of hard for me to say because right now everybody's focused on campus defense and Tampa Bay's offense, but nobody's really speaking about the Cowboys and what improvements they've made, not only on the defense, but just the strides they made on offense. Now, I know they did lose Zach Martin because of COVID protocol, but I still feel that the offensive line can still be productive and still make the pushes that they need to get Zeke involved and to make sure to give Dak enough time to be successful. I actually see this as a dead fighter. Even though I did pick Tampa to win, I still see this as a nail fighter. I'm going to say 28-24 Tampa. Okay, okay. So, look, if you don't know yet, of course, the Buccaneers are favored by eight and a half points, uh, according to DraftKings. And they say that the Buccaneers will win 31-21. Remember, I think the Buccaneers will probably win by 17, to be honest. And... Their defense is bad, but it ain't that bad. Because, look, they got Van Der Esch back. You got Michael Parsons out there. We, they still got a, a nice, solid, you know, front seven. But I ain't going to lie, that secondary might give them some problems because it's not going to be able to part off. Yeah. To be honest, bro, I don't... They should be good. Yeah. To be honest, bro, I don't think that there's nobody in the NFL with a... Uh, core receiving core like like the Buccaneers. I mean, if you just look at the Buccaneers overall, you know, from Chris Godwin to Mike Evans to uh Brown to uh Gronkowski and then then they got uh OJ Howard. Like it's so many weapons, bro. Even the uh the little other dude, what's his name? Brate or whatever. Like there's so many weapons for Brady just to stand in the pocket and have that offensive line protect him. And they don't even really have to have good running backs because of the weapons they got that Brady can throw to and then just having a man that can throw the ball so effortlessly, uh, you know, out there for them is just ridiculous. So, yeah, of course, I got to take I got to take the Buccaneers in this in this week one matchup. But I do look for um, Dak to come out here and impress, you know, since they cleared him. Because, don't get me wrong, Dallas got a nice, nice offense, too. And 
it could be a shootout, honestly. It could be a shootout, and it might just come down to defense. It might be a three-point game. That's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm hoping. I really hope deep Dallas and defense does it because it's going to let me know how they're going to progress throughout the season. Because right now, it still looks like the Washington football team is favored to win that division. If their defense they strides this year on the Dan Quinn, then yeah, Washington football team, they don't need much to ride this back to succeed. Right. They should win that division hands down. Right, you see, that's why I had picked Washington to win the division, just because of their defense overall. Man, their defense is awesome, bro. On their front line and even just their DBs, they got some they got some nice people out there, bro, in Washington. And you gotta really just be on the lookout, you know, for them. Now their quarterback situation is, is really hard to to really say how that's gonna turn out with Ryan Fitzpatrick out there and then I think with Taylor Heineke or whatever his name is backing him up. So I don't know the future of that position right there and how that's going to work out, but they could be able to pull it off if, if the Cowboys come out mediocre uh, and not coach well. Oh, so besides, Washington football team faces the Chargers this week in Washington. Who do you have in that game? Oh, so you know, I did pick the Chargers as my dark horse team, but that front seven of the, of the football team, I feel like is unmatched by a lot of teams in the NFL. I, I'm honestly, if Chase Young plays the way he did in the preseason, I can see him win the defensive player of the year. I'm gonna have to give them. Hey, I actually give the Washington football team a solid 14 to 10 win. They're not gonna score a lot. Fitzpatrick, he's not gonna turn the ball over that much either. That you might be right about. I think that front line is going to put a lot of pressure on Justin Herbert. And, you know, I already said that I believe that he's going to uh, go into a sophomore slump this year. So, I mean, that's a game to be watching for sure. Oh, by the way, um, Washington is favored to win by one point. But the score prediction is 24-17 to 17 Washington. That's not bad. That's not bad. I can't really see Washington putting up that many points because I feel like they only have, like, what, one receiver? I don't even know who their running back is. Um, I can't remember their running back name, but he's pretty solid. He's not bad. They don't have a bad group of running backs, I would say that. Um, hopefully they can prove, hopefully they can prove it wrong because on the offensive side, there's too many question marks for the Washington football team. But I feel like they're going to be able to create so many turnovers and disrupt. It's going to give Ryan Fitzpatrick just easy field position. So at least put up seven, if not seven, they're going to be kicking a lot of field goals. Right, right. So another good matchup of this this week, uh, this Sunday, you got Miami and New England. You know, you got Mac Jones coming out there to start his first game. Um, him being chosen over Cam Newton, Cam being a free agent now, Matt, Matt going out there to, to prove all the naysayers wrong, you know, saying that he is the future of the New England Patriots organization, and him facing off against the young Dolphins with two out there with pressure behind him, you know, um, with with the coach finally getting behind him, actually saying something good about Tua and saying that they're actually behind Tua and that he is the quarterback of the future. 
do you think the Dolphins pull it off, or do you think the Patriots can get this this uh, victory with Mac Jones? No, I honestly believe that the Dolphins are going to pull this off. Number one, people are asleep on the Dolphins' defense. Number two, Brian Flores is his third season, and that team has improved every single year. And this is the year that I feel like the United Tua has the reps, he has the practice. I think he's going to make strides. He's going to be great in that offensive scheme. And they're going to make sure they can do everything they can to make sure that Tua has a successful season. Because if not, he already knows that Deshaun Watson will be in a Dolphins uniform next year. So you actually foresee them actually making that trade? If Tua don't live up to the hype that he's supposed to, he's going to be gone. I can agree with that. The Dolphins in a matter of three years have put together a playoff team and all they need is a quarterback. That's it. That's it. They won 10 games last year. And the only reason why they won 10 games because not only because of that defense, because when they, when they had Fitzpatrick in the game, he wasn't turning the ball over. And then when they put two in the game, when Fitzpatrick was messing up, yeah, he had a, you know, a few rookie drawing pains, but at the same time, if he would have played a little hard in a couple of those games and it was close, they would have made the playoffs. They would have been at least a 12 and 14, if not 11 and 5. But they blew it in the last game of the season and they blew it in a couple of games down the stretch. So trust me, I feel like Stewart has to make the strides this year. And he knows the only way to get that Deshaun Washington monkey off his back is to play hard. And he needs to do that this year. Right. Um. Okay. So, the Patriots are actually favored to win that game, 24-20. to 20. Um, Vegas says Patriots by three. Not bad. But here, this is the game of the week, I believe. Cleveland at Kansas City. Kansas City is supposed to be predicted to win by six uh, based on Vegas. And the predictions for this game is 30-27 to 27 Chiefs. Who do you have in this game? Well, hey, I got to go with the man who's been doing it the past four years straight. I got to go with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the only one quarterback-wise besides Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady that I actually trust that can actually take the team on his back and carry them to the promised land. Now, don't get me wrong. The Browns look good on paper. But we don't know what we're getting out of Odell Beckham this year. We don't know what we're getting out of Clowning. Hell, we don't even know what we're getting out of the Cleveland Browns linebackers, period. Right. Can you even name a Cleveland Browns linebacker? Uh, no, because yeah. the one the one dude that they had, they actually traded yeah. him. We ain't talking about nobody they had. We're talking about somebody on the roster. <laughs> right now, start. Name one of the linebackers. Name one of the Cleveland Browns linebackers that start. Oh, no. I guess you got to consider Clowney as a linebacker, or, or do you consider him as a DN? Defensive end. Don't try to chat. Don't try to chat. Don't try to chat. <laughs> they got him on the other side of the ball. Don't try to chat. I know you're going to try to pull that clown. Hey. You're going to try to pull it. Well, no, no, no. What? He might stand up on something, but I said name a linebacker. Well, look, we, we, we do know that the Browns going to have a, a nice pass rush. But oh, yeah. but the Chiefs the Chiefs do have a strong offensive line that's actually even better than it was last season. 
Both, both teams look good on paper. With the Chiefs making the offensive line improvements, which make them, you know, look a whole lot stronger now. With uh, Patrick Mahomes being able to sit in the pocket even longer, Chiefs might make another run back to the Super Bowl. What you think? Interesting. I just thought about this yesterday. This is Brady's 22nd year, and they put him on Madden 22. <laughs> they should have just put him on the cover for his 22nd year. You know, that game is actually in Jacksonville, which I don't understand why, again, why the Saints is playing in Jacksonville. Why didn't they just go back to San Antonio? I mean, I think... But why didn't they go to Dallas where they can have, like, real fans travel? Yeah, they could have did that, too, or they could have just went went to San Antonio. Dallas plays tonight, so that means the stadium... Unless unless it's no, no, because they still could have went. Because their game is on Sunday. So they still could have went to uh, AT&T Stadium. But, but I, think, I, I think the thing is, they already had something scheduled at AT&T Stadium. So they couldn't, they couldn't possibly find their way into fit, the, fit into the schedule. There's like a concert or something there, I believe, from what I read. But why didn't they just go like to Shreveport or something? Why they don't never just play in their own home state? I mean, I guess, I don't know. I just thought that's something that they would do. I mean, you know. Or, like I said, they could have went back to San Antonio. As I feel like they should just relocate the Saints, bro. Like, you know, just relocate them. Move them to San Antonio. Might as well. At least they know they're going to have fan support. All of that. Hey, they're going to have diehard, loyal fans. It's going to be a lot of people at the games getting drunk. Yep, bro, and and they 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 pretty much the same kind of city. They both got you know tourist attractions and stuff like that. 
it's going to be the same exact stuff. But San Antonio is just a much bigger market than New Orleans. So, and they get a new stadium. Because at this point, I don't think New Orleans will ever get a new stadium. I think they're going to always have to renovate. Because the question is, where are they going to build a stadium at? No, the real question is, why would they build a new stadium when a hurricane going to come and just knock it over? Well, may, well, first, they might want to build one that's uh, better prone to hurricanes. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know, man. That's a good question, though. That's a good question. So, who did you say you, you said? Who did you have in this game, bro? Oh, in, in the Bears game? Saint, Saints and Green Bay. Who you had? Oh, no. Oh, you know, I'm, I don't know. You know, I'm Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers? That's a big in the NFC besides the uh, Bucks. Well, look. And Aaron Rodgers might be his last go round, so he's he going all out. It's going. You know, I'm, I've never been sold on James Winston. But it's not going to... You can't sell me that. I'm sorry. Well, look. Score prediction is 31-17 Packers. You think it's going to really get that bad? Michael Thomas won't be playing. Uh, Jair Alexander, you know, he's a probably a top five cornerback. And um, so he's going to lock up whoever they put against him, whether that's uh, Trey Cohen Smith or whoever they want to decide to line up out there. I think he's going to lock up anything that the Saints got because uh, Thomas not playing. So I could see it being a blowout or like a 31-17 or something like that. Oh, it's gonna be a blowout. We just, you know, I just hope James Winston can keep his job, bro. But I'm, I'm telling you, I think he was right there. Yeah. So you got Baltimore at the Raiders. The Raiders finally have a home opener where they got real fans in the stadium. But prior to all of that, this week. Baltimore has been having bad luck all season. Because the Ravens, the Ravens just lost Gus Rivers. They just lost Marcus Peters. They already lost J.K. Dobbins. Now it's about to get ugly, man. Yeah. And, and they missing one of their they, uh, tight ends, Nick Boyle. They missing him as well. Well, he's questionable right now. I'm not necessarily sure what's the status of that, but doubtful that he plays. They're, they're, they have a lot of injuries, bro. And at this point, they got so many, like, what, torn ACLs and stuff like that. Yeah, what's going on with that condition? What's going on with that yeah. condition? Like, what, what's, what's going on with the field? And, like, what, you know, what are, what are they putting out there uh, on, this, on the grass, bro? Like, they need some new dirt or what? Like, man, because these boys, I'm, right, at this point, I'm honestly just scared of the fact that, uh, Lamar Jackson might get hurt because you know this is like ain't this his contract year too, right? It is. And well, I don't feel like they're gonna make improvements because you know what is Le'Veon gonna what is Le'Veon Bell gonna do at age thirty one? 
same like, same trash he been doing. On the team seat. So I know he can't be the focal running back. He gonna now, do it. He's going to do the same trash shit he's been doing. And, uh, you know, today they, they signed uh, Devontae Freeman, too. So, I'm like, okay. Why didn't they got him out of free agency? I'm trying to figure out why don't they just go ahead and make a trade for a running back? Because they, they definitely need to. They probably need to trade with the Texans, bro. We got so many running backs, it's ridiculous. No, nah, no, they need those running backs to take all that pressure off Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, but we I don't. Think this, I think every last one of them running backs we will see on Sunday. I think all five of them are going to play. Man, no. I'm crazy for saying that, but I think all five are going to be part of that offensive scheme. It's not enough snaps for all five of them, bro. Hey, but, but that's how you drain the clock, and that's how you keep the ball out of the field. You're going to run it, you're going to pound it, and then if you need to, you're going to probably throw screens to them and everything. Oh, yeah, 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 but we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. I guess I'm going to take the Raiders for sure. Now, you know, prior to the yeah. game, before all the injuries. Yeah. Now, nah, look, they going to win this game automatically because they in the black hole and they have no choice but to win in this new stadium. And I think it's going to be electric in there, bro. I think it's going to be crazy. They going to get that W. The Raiders going to win that for sure. And it's a Monday night game. Oh, man. That's see, really be see, the predictions was 31-20 for the Ravens at first. But I think it's actually going to flip the other way now. I think it's going to be 31-20 Raiders. All right. So, then we got the game of all games. The game that... Me and you will be attending this Sunday afternoon. Uh, Houston Texans and Jacksonville. Who you got? Oh, man. Hey, I said it before, and I got to keep on reiterating. Hey, look, as much as I love my Jaguars, bro, I got to live in reality. I don't believe Urban Meyer is a coach for us. I could be wrong, but right now, he's making us look even dumber than we already look. <laughs> I feel like we're not going to be able to get the ball rolling. We have no offensive line. We got really no true run game. You know, don't get me wrong. Like, the running back we have from last year, he, he, he's doing an amazing job. But I honestly feel it's not going to be enough. Like, this one right here, if the offense for the Texans can even remotely get the ball rolling on the run game, and we can at least give... Lawrence sometimes he'll make some good throws here and there, but I don't believe he'll even throw a touchdown pass. I see this game going twenty-four to six, Houston. Wow, wow. You know that's interesting because score predictions say Texans twenty-four, Jaguars twenty-three. Texans win by a field goal or some sort. I think I think in this game it will be about who can control the clock the best and with all those running backs like we were just talking about with all those running backs that the Texans have and the big offensive line that they have you know uh kind of put together um I think the Texans can actually pull it off by just controlling the clock and like I said before there is no reason no reason 
that a one or the first time coach and a first time quarterback should beat the Texans. I know David Culley is in his first game, but he got NFL experience for about what thirty years. He got an experienced defensive coordinator, Lovey Smith, that knows the game in and out. He got experienced players, uh, good vets and stuff on the other side of the ball, on both sides of the ball. So I just don't see the Texans losing this first game. And like I said, hey, they lose this first game, some changes need to be made because that's just that's just a damn right terrible thing to do. Uh, going up against Urban Meyer, his very first NFL game with a rookie quarterback that's already been kind of questionable. So, that's my piece on that, bro. Um, going on from that, I guess we can go ahead and talk about college football. Oh, man. This past weekend was amazing. Hey, I was one of the few people that actually believed in Georgia's defense. Hey, and I knew Clemson was going to struggle against it, but I didn't think it was going to be that fast to where they only put up three points. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, I was pretty right about all my predictions. Now, the one prediction that I was wrong about was Alabama and Miami. Now, I did have Alabama winning the game, but what I did, what I thought was that um, Derrick King would leave it all out there on the, on the field, and he just didn't do that. They got their ass ransacked, dragged all across all across the damn uh, Chick-fil-A uh, game, or whatever that stadium is out there in uh, Atlanta, bro. That shit was horrible. And then I was also right about Tulane, Tulane and Oklahoma. Tulane actually, they actually put up a good game, a good fight. And you know what surprised me about that? That lets me know maybe Oklahoma is not as good as everybody's predicted this year. Maybe. You know, I'm, I'm not taking away. I'm not taking nothing from Tulane. But for them to only win by five for a team that's ranked number two in the nation, and you not, and I don't even, I don't even remember the last time Tulane was even ranked. Yeah, it's been a long time since they've been ranked, I'm sure. But uh, I figured that they would stay in the game because of their defense. They've been known for their defense for the last couple seasons. And they did just that by losing by just uh, five points and putting up 13 in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, there is some question marks for Oklahoma. But, uh, hey, Tulane did show out. Now... I was right about Ohio State and Minnesota. It was a close game for a while. And actually, it took a while for C.J. Stroud to actually settle in. Him being a, a freshman quarterback, you know, it took him a while to get used to the pressure and all the fans. But that actually, as time went in the game, he actually started to look better. So now I'm wondering, do you think C.J. Stroud could possibly be a Heisman candidate as he settled more and more into this First season of his in Ohio, at Ohio State. If he keep playing the same way, I see it. He got to keep. He got to have that same tenacity that he did playing with, and I think it can be. It can be so. But if he don't play with that same intensity that he had in Game One, because let me tell you something. Once he settled down, he was he started reading. He started reading the more. He was more focused. And I'm telling you, touchdown passes start flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, now, UT went up against Louisiana Raging Cajun. I was surprised that they, you know, actually got got the W and did. They actually made Louisiana look like a, a, a group of five team this week, as they really are. But I thought Louisiana would come out, you know, looking better than what they did against uh, Texas. But, I mean, Texas looked like they're solid. So do you think, like, do you think Sarkeesian uh, might be a, a good upgrade above Tom Herman? See how the season play out, you know. Like I said, they surprised me. Now, the biggest disappointment for me uh, overall was U of H. U of H was beating Texas Tech, man. I thought, I thought we was gonna take it home, you know. I thought we had them, especially after that first half. I was like, okay, U of H looking better. But now, your boy. Um, uh, Clayton Toon, he go out there. He he's looking good in the first half. He was running the ball, getting out the pocket, throwing a couple touchdown passes here and there. But then second half, this dude threw like almost six picks. He threw four for sure, but two picks I think was just dropped. Oh, man. So they end up losing the game. I think it was. Let me see. It was thirty. Was it thirty-eight to? 21, yeah, 38 to 21. They lost the game, 38 to 21. After they was up 21 to 7 at halftime. So, from quarter 3 to 4, the U of H never did anything else. At this point, I'm calling for Dana Hogerson's job. I know this is his third season, but I just don't see no improvements. Um, I think it's time to make a change. Maybe it's Hogerson or maybe it's just Clayton Toon. But obviously, Clayton Toon is not the quarterback for uh, U of H. So they need to do something right there. What do you think about that? I'm going to have to roll with Three years, you should already know what direction your program is being headed into. You should already know what your recruits are like. As a matter of fact, your recruits ought to start coming in by now. So that means you're already getting, you already getting your system in place. You already getting the tools you need in place, and you're getting the recruits in place to run the offense and defense effectively. And if it's not happening for you in year three, that means it's never going to happen under your, under your leadership, so it's time to move forward. Right, right. All right. I agree with you, bro, right there. Um, so, there's not too many big college football games this week, but there are a few. And I think the biggest game of them all is another Ohio State game, and it's Ohio State, number three Ohio State versus number twelve Oregon. What do you think is going to happen in that game? With oh, man. I don't even know why we sitting here talking about a pack a pack ten a pack twelve school just because they, because one beat uh, LSU. LSU was a one hit wonder with Joe Burrow. We know damn well Oregon does not have anything to compete with Ohio State. Hey, I'm already looking at this game as a, as a snooze fest and a straight blowout. That game right there, I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm, I'm looking at about 56 to 10. Wow. And I'm being generous giving them 10. Well, look, 
Ohio State is favored by 14 and a half. With the over and under being 63. The over and under is 63 and a half points. Do you really think that both teams will score that much? No, I believe one team is going to score that much. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy for you to say that. That's that's interesting. Well, no, Oregon is no no team in the Pac-12 is good. And I'm not trying to say that they don't have the talent, the recruits, or none of that. But to compare yourself to a Big Ten or SEC or even a Big 12 school, the Pac-12 does not hold the candle to none of those, bro. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a waste of time, bro. It's a waste. Well, I will say this. The only way I see Ohio State losing the game is if C.J. Stroud loses his shit. Bro, you will be lucky if they even touch it. <laughs> well, the one the one thing that Ohio State do got going for them in this game is that they are playing in the horseshoe. So, they don't even have to worry about playing on the road. C.J. Stroud, he gets to take that pressure away from him. Shit, I need to change my I need to change my shit to sixty three to seven. Damn, nah, bro. Ohio Ohio State not gonna beat them that bad. That's my squad, but they ain't gonna do them like that. I give them about thirty points, bro. It's, they probably beat them by thirty. You know, if it's a, if it's a game like that. Nah, Oregon, <laughs> Oregon ain't gonna lose no games, bro. He said, no game, man, no game. All right. All right, look, I got two games that could be highlighted as uh, upsets. So, you got UT going against Arkansas in Arkansas, and you got Appalachian State, which has had a great football program uh, as you know, as far as back I can remember for the last maybe five, six years now, going up against Miami in Miami. Do you- hey, I'll take Appalachian State over Miami before I take Arkansas over UT. Arkansas, they're not good, bro. <laughs> well, I think the one thing that Arkansas do got going for them is that they are playing in Arkansas. Um, Texas is only favored by seven points. So, there's a possibility that something and can happen. Be a good game for Steve Sarkeesian to really display his offensive talent. Yeah, it really will be. Going up against a Power 5 team, uh, that really allows us to see what he's really going to bring to the table and it, just to see if he's even really a decent coach because the, that Raging Cajun game could have just been a fluke. Hey, I'm trying to tell you. Because at least I know Arkansas gets better recruits than uh Oh, yeah. Louisiana. Oh, yeah, of course. So, if, if, I think it might be more competitive, but I still see Texas winning by at least two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and then, you know what? I was thinking... Um, why why did De'Ara King even transfer out of U of H just to go to um, Miami? Because if you think about it, he ain't did shit since he's been there. He could have just stayed he could have just stayed in, in Houston, bro. Man, I'm telling you, bro, he did that just so he can get 
Oh yeah, ACC. That's what's the crazy about it. He gets TV time, but don't think bad about it. He just gets TV time and all blowouts. Yeah, because lately they've been in the ass with. Well, last season they was good, but. Nah, they nah they got their ass whooped by Clemson. Don't do that. Don't do that. They did. Do that. I mean, anytime. Yeah, anytime then they. they, got, then, they then they got beat up by Notre Dame. Yeah. So it's like anytime they. Every day they was on TV, they got blown out. So it's like I don't I don't want to be on TV if I'm being embarrassed every time. So so uh, any any big game they don't rise up for it. So that means they might actually get this W against Appalachian State, or they might not. Nah, they might get their ass with. <laughs> All right, so look, I got two more games, and then we're gonna be done with this college discussion. Uh, well, actually, I got three games, but Utah BYU. And then that's a, that's a Mormon classic right there. And then you got the stand, you got Stanford versus USC. BYU will be home for that game. Ooh, stop it. Hey, that game right there might come down to overtime. I'm going to say 45-42. Hey, Utah is ranked number 21, so I do look for an upset, and that would be a bad one if they lose to BYU. But speaking about BYU, you know, you got U of H, BYU, Cincinnati and um, UCF joining the Big 12. So, how do you think that's going to reshape the Power Fives? Do you do you think that conference will still be a Power Five conference after Oklahoma and uh, Texas leave? No, no, because that those are two teams that was really funding everything. Because once, because really, once they lost, once they lost Texas and them, nobody wanted to go to Texas anymore. But I can go to Texas and them. Playing the SEC, playing a competitive uh, position, and make you know. And now that I got the name, image, likeness, I'm gonna be on TV. People can actually see my face playing for Texas A&M and playing for um, playing against like Alabama, LSU, things of that nature. Why do you think they won't in? Yeah, they won't in because technically it's gonna be technically it's gonna come down to it's gonna be the SEC versus everybody. Yeah, it will be, but you know what? I still think it'll be a Power Five conference, and the re- reason I say that is because so who gonna headline? You got Baylor, TCU, the same team, the same, bro. All right, look now, as far as money wise, UT and Oklahoma, yeah, they pulled the cash, but who was really relevant besides Oklahoma? Because UT ain't did shit in what ten years, so who was really relevant? TCU and Baylor. And, o- and Oklahoma State. Yeah. 
all the all the all the good teams are still there, and now you adding in U of H, BYU. You know how they get down. They they gonna they gonna bring talent. UCF they got sixty thousand students at that school, man. That's a lot of people to watch the games and go. Um, Houston, fourth largest city in America, so that's gonna bring in recruits to them. Recruits and 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 then. And then plus all that extra money they're going to get. Because they still going to get a whole lot more money than what they was getting from American Athletic Conference. So, U of H is about to transition big time. Cincinnati, they've been, they I think Cincinnati ranked like number five or something right now in, in, in college football. So, just imagine, or they ranked number seven. So, just imagine what, that, what that's going to do for Cincinnati uh, going forward. Every team that they have invited to the Big 12 has been dominant in the last five or six years in football. Oh, and then also, we let's not even talk about football. Let's talk about basketball because, bro, basketball, they, they finna kill it, bro. Big 12 is going to kill it. That That's going to be a, a damn great basketball company. You know, U of H, is, they just went to the Final Four. Baylor, so, you know. So, so tell me this: Is Oklahoma and UT are they leaving? So are they are they going to the uh, SEC in football and basketball or just football? No, nah, I think they. You only do certain sports. No, nah, are they leaving? No, nah, I think they departing the whole conference. They gonna be gone, okay. and and for them to leave, they gotta pay like eighty million dollars. So that's that's one hundred and sixty million dollars to the Big Twelve that get to go. To the other teams. So, I see a lot of upside in that. And this is just the beginning. I mean, of course, when they depart, I'm pretty sure that the Big 12 is going to probably try to pull in at least two more teams to replace them. And also, the good thing is, is uh, U of H and Cincy and all of those teams, BYU and them, they can all join into the conference before UT and Oklahoma even depart. So imagine that. Imagine if we get a couple matchups with U of H and UT and Oklahoma. It's going to look good. You got, a, you got a good point right there. Yeah. So uh, I know I know we're we getting down to the nitty-gritty. You know, I'm pretty sure the game has already kicked off. But uh, we just got a few more topics, and we're going to be up out of here. Um, the Houston Texans traded Bradley Roby. Um, they got a third-round pick and a conditional uh, six-round pick for 2023. The third-round pick is for this upcoming draft. And yeah, the other picks for next year. How do you feel about that? Do you think they should have traded Bradley Roby? Um, also... No. When they traded him, they they uh basically restructured his deal and they paid like eight million of his his deal and turned it into a signing bonus. So when he goes to the Saints, the Saints only have to pay him like an annual one point two million dollars or something because that was the only way he was going to be able to fit onto the Saints roster uh, within the cap. So so let me get this straight. So we paid him to leave. And all and all the Texans get is a third round pick. Yeah, third and a third and a sixth pick. And yeah, uh, what are the conditions? 
I don't know what the conditions of that of that six round pick is. Yeah. They, they haven't told us. So that's that's a good question. What is the conditions of that? I don't know. Um, honestly, it's honestly, bro, it's 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 a better deal than um with with hot. I mean, what we got for Hopkins almost. Yeah, it's pretty much the same deal, bro. It's, it's only and, this time we didn't get no players back. So what I what I'm really just trying to see, bro, I mean, like what is the game plan? I know they don't think they're gonna make Hargraves the third, the number one uh defense. Oh boy, Hargraves is horrible. I can't wait until they cut him, man, or or trade him or whatever. Now, you know what? I was arguing with people on uh Bleacher Report. They was talking about you can't trade Hargraves, nobody wants him. I'm like, oh that's bullshit. That is bullshit because it's somebody out there that wants. Yeah, number one is always some is always somebody. Yeah, he was a former first round pick. Um and then I was thinking I was like, man, the, the Texans didn't trade it for two corners this offseason. They cut both of them. Uh it was the Kadar Holman dude that they got from the uh, Packers. I think they got him for a six round pick. And then that Rajul uh Douglas dude, they got him for like a six round pick or something. So I'm like, if them dudes can go for a six round pick and get cut by the Texans, then why can't Hargraves go for a, a six round pick and get cut by somebody else? They probably could. I mean, because if you look at his stats, they not they not horrible stats. It's just he get burnt sometimes, no, sometimes too many. <laughs> but but he's still productive. Like, but see, he's more to me. He's more productive. Not, I feel like he's terrible on man on man. He's a good zone, but I don't know. I don't really know. What hey, see, as far as like see, you might be right about that. He might be better in zone because you know Bradley Roby is a better man on man kind of corner, and yeah. uh, he probably really didn't fit that well. And then with him having the PED stuff, they probably really didn't want to deal with that. And you know the Saints really needed a uh, a cornerback because all they really had was uh, Lattimore, and then then one of their corners just retired on them. So that was something that they really needed, and so they really hoping that Roby fills that position for them. So that could that could help the Saints. I mean, the Saints probably won that trade. We'll see how that you know how everything uh, continues to go. But uh, yeah, they won that trade even when he come because when he come off suspension, he gonna see he gonna plug. He, he Roby is more of a plug and play type corner. You know what? Somebody said today that they are tanking, and and maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they just trying to you know rack up them picks. So going into the draft, they just got a whole bunch of picks. Right, and you also said too though that Sean Watson might be gone by before trade deadline in November because he's going to court next month. So they say, well, depending on what they say in court, they, as soon as they find out a verdict, they say he might be gone immediately. He might be, and that'll be better for the Texans. Uh, you know, to, to keep following their re, their rebuild status. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean. Should you really trade him before the deadline, or should you wait until after to see 
you know, where, where teams are going to be placed at so you know what kind of picks you really get. Man, let me tell you something. You want to you wanna trade them before the deadline because then you can really offer up the Kings ransom and somebody's going to pay you. You got to think about it. Teams like, you know, teams like Washington, teams like Miami, teams like, you know, that need quarterbacks or feel like they just a quarterback the way they got the team they can do it right now. Hell, even Denver. So Denver, Washington, and Miami – or three teams that feel like they just a quarterback away from the Super Bowl or at least make a, a, a decent playoff push. Mm-hmm. And all they need is just solid quarterback play, and those are the teams that will be willing to pay whatever it needs to be paid. Yeah. Damn, I wouldn't even be surprised if you see the Giants talking, you know what I'm saying, getting the trade talks. Because let me tell you something, if Daniel Jones ain't doing what he's supposed to be doing by week seven or week eight, I guarantee you, you will see number four in New Jersey. They don't give a, and they don't give a damn about bad PR and bad media. Hell, Francisco Bird shot himself in the leg and was still <laughs> They don't give a damn. Hey, you got some facts on that. You do. Yeah, I mean, he, he got some options, and I guess one of the options that is eliminated now is I think is the Eagles because I think uh, his team or something like that said something about Philadelphia. Or whatever, so I don't think he'll be going to Philly now. So, I think Shout I think what the, wherever whoever paid whoever paid the cost. Well, so, but but see, like he don't have no say so. yeah, he do. He got that trade clause. Oh man, I thought they took that. Oh, they did. Oh, that's why they didn't void his contract yet. If they void his contract, it don't matter where he go. But at the same time, he still got a choice of where he go. Man, honestly. If I was in, bro, I'd go, I'd go to Washington. I mean, he probably said, hell no, I wouldn't go to Washington. I'm telling you, bro, Washington is literally a quarterback away. That, that, that's true, that but, you know, the the thing to me, if he go to Washington, I feel like he, he going to some of the same shit he been complaining about as far as the organization. Man, Dan Snyder don't talk no more, bro. But but you know but you know his point well, of view on things. But you know but you know Dan Snyder's point of view on stuff though. So let's not be a fool. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I know his point of view. Shit. But at the same time though, hey, hey, if you if you can pull in a big man a big man quarterback, then hey, you gonna keep your mouth shut. But look, I'm, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you the team that best fits Deshaun Watson. You might say I'm crazy, and it wasn't none of the teams that I named. You know what team I feel can actually pull off the trade and have the trade capital in to be perfect? Who? Pittsburgh Steelers. I can see him in a Pittsburgh uh, outfit, but they don't really have the, the assets to make the deal, bro. Bro, but when it, they, got, they got all the trade capital. With what? And they look, huh? With what? Yeah, because they don't got multiple picks. But the point is, uh, they'll give you a first and second round pick for the next three, four years. Man, that's, that, shit. that shit trash. I wouldn't trade him there. He ain't he ain't gonna be in no Pittsburgh. He ain't going to no no black and yellow. Not if it's up to me. <laughs> and I'm just I'm just saying, but hey. It is what it is. We're going to see, you know, we're going to see how things work out as far as that Deshaun uh, thing. Because, you know, uh, Cully already said that he'll be 
sitting on the bench, so he won't be playing. I wonder if he even gonna uh, dress out or anything, or or even show up. He's not gonna dress out. He just get paid millions upon millions of dollars to sit there and just wait to court. Yeah. So uh, last topic: Houston Astros. They still looking good. Uh, of course, some. The A's been losing. And the Yankees. The Yankees have lost the, the, the last uh, eight of their last ten games. Yeah. But I think the A's won today. But, yeah, they've been losing. So, it don't matter. So, look. Um, Jake Odorizzi, he got mad at um, Dusty Baker, which I don't. Well, I can't agree with Jake Odorizzi on this, on this discussion. But I do agree with him on what happened. So, Jake Odorizzi got mad because Dusty Baker has been taking him out of the game by the fifth inning um, pretty much every game. And what it is and the reason why is because every time Jake gets in the fifth inning, his game just disappears. He he starts giving up runs and all that. I mean, they got the statistics down to a T. And it just happens every time. So, uh, Dusty Baker has tried to, you know, let him play more than five innings. But every time, it all the same stuff always happens. So, Jake Odorizzi felt like everyone was against him. He had a whole outburst and saying how it was the third time through the order that it didn't happen. And, you know, he was just saying that everything was just total bullshit and all that. What do you think about all that, man? Like, do you think that Dusty is wrong for doing that? Or do you think Jake Odorizzi should uh, look himself in the mirror and realize that he needs to improve? Nah, honestly, I, I, can't, even, I can't even lie about that. But Dusty Baker has been around baseball for almost 50 years. If he sees patterns like that in you, you can't sit there and get mad because now, yo, not only is your attitude different to the team, but so is your play. Okay, at the five minutes, bro, you, you just don't have the same drive and heat that you had on the ball as you had in the first and second inning. Why are you sitting there complaining because he doesn't want, because he's pulling you out of the game to try to protect the lead? Because if he leaves you in, you're going to give it up. Right. So what are you getting mad for? So you think so you think you're better than what your stats show? Well, prove us wrong, then. Yeah, and every time, every time he leave him in there to try to prove him wrong, he just prove him right. He he, he get his ass ate alive. Yep. And you know what? It's funny because because every time he notice he leave him in against teams that you know that we should normally be on the regular, like the Rangers, the Royals, and what and what happened when he leave him in? We get our ass whooped. <laughs> yeah. So Man. so he not he not he not, it's not like he just doing it because he don't like you. He not doing it because he don't trust you. It's just the fact that, hey, he just knows that your arm is starting to wear down and it's time to bring in some new kitchen. That's called real management. Well, look, you know who else got wore down last night when the Astros had to lead against the um, the Mariners? We ended up losing 8-5, to five and Ryan Presley blew it. He allowed them to come back and win the game. Oh, man. They got to work on that, man. 
He was out. But I've always said pitching was always going to be our biggest question mark going into the playoffs. You know, I know we did trade for some relief pitching, but I feel like our starting pitching still is just like so-so. Outside of Zach Greenby and Presley, who do we really have that can really just get us over the hump? Because you got to realize, we come across teams like the Yankees, we come across teams like the Oakland A's who have hitters and they have a consistent rotation of hitters that will sit there and wear your pitchers down and it will make it almost impossible for us to really just compete if we do not get the proper pitching needed to beat them. Because we got the hitting too. But at yeah. the same time, do we have the pitching to really match up with these teams? Yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah, they're going to have to do something about their starting pitching, and I guess it, it's too late to do it this season, of course. But I feel like we should have been the ones that was out there trying to get Max Scherzer or something like that. But, hey, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, this offseason, this offseason should be this should be Dusty uh, Baker last season. So I, I think the Astros will be making a lot of changes this offseason, um, you know, because Correa, his contract up. Got to see if they're going to pay him or they're going to let him walk or whatever. And uh, Dusty Baker contract should be up because I think he's only on a two-year deal. But, hey, not to cut you off. Hey, did you know that Albert Pujols got traded to the Dodgers? Yeah, I seen seen that. I seen him in the Dodgers uniform. Um, Yeah, his old ass needs to retire. He's just trying to ring chase at this point. No, I saw him hit. I saw him hit. A home run against the um, against the Cardinals, and I was like, "When the hell?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made his big return back to St. Louis. Yeah, because you know him and Yahir Molina. I forgot they even played together. Because you know Yahir Molina played for the uh, for the Cardinals his entire eighteen year career. So it's like, ain't no telling how long I was supposed to be in the league. And I was like, "Damn!" Oh, he's been in the league for a long time. Dude was old. But he's he's definitely a bona fide Hall of Famer. Hey, that boy got like six hundred and seventy something home runs, so yeah, he ain't too bad off. Yeah, he he in there. It's just he's just old, but hey, he's still hitting home runs, right? So hey, he uh, that's all that matters. He he's still earning the millions, as always. But that'll be the end of this episode, people. Uh, thank you for listening. Hey, again. Always subscribe to the Sports Talk with D-Raw podcast on Apple um, or Google or any other um, platform that's out there because I'm I'm everywhere. Oh, and if you want to call, even though I know y'all not going to call, hit us up at 281-909-4727, 281-909-4727. Hey, we always looking for somebody to be on this podcast or to even just mention in our next episode, you know. So, hey, keep listening. Thank you. Thank you for all the support. Hey, good night. Oh, I got the got the Buccaneers tonight. So, remember that. Let's go. NFL, baby.